So That's hey, as well. yeah. So welcome to we're not ready, we're not made for anybody's podcast. We're here to talk about the current events. The current events was talking about President Trump and the things that he's still trying to do to hold on to his presidency. He's trying to call on local government, um, Republican leaders and states to overturn what the people have spoken in their state. And a lot of times those local Republicans are the ones who actually got in office because people voted them in office. So he's trying to get them to strong help on um, them to change things. And then also he is still not doing his job. You know how you, you got a job and you know, your date is ending. You need to finish strong. He's not even trying to finish strong. So he's not even participating in the G20 summit to know what's going on, how to handle the economical system if we ever have another pandemic, another epidemic that hits almost the whole world. He's not even participating in that. And given that he chose to go play golf instead of participate in the things that he needs to know about to what we need to be doing. So it kind of makes it like hard to try to like say be supportive of him let him know it's kind of hard for him to have to process you know kind of ways you want to be sympathetic to a person or empathetic to them but he's not giving no no reason to he's acting like the two-year-old so that's our current events that's what's really going on and so we do have a local current event that we can talk about so we're going to talk about this Two dead teenagers in Cocoa, Florida. Did the police do their job correctly? Or did they let their personal life come into their professional life? So let's give you a backdrop. So this happens in Cocoa, Florida. Um, one teenager comes pick up, pickles another one. They say it looks like a stolen car. So they follow behind them. None of the lights are put on. None likes to be put on. They're in pursuit. No police lights are going. Nothing going on. They're trying to tell somebody to pull over. They're not following the full policy and procedures. What's going on? And the teenagers who are not close to home. And this is what a, a trend that's going on. Remember the thing I sent you off of Twitter. But teenagers are actually being scared to be stopped by the police. Especially if they're of anybody of color. So they to continue to go. They don't come at the police because if you ever look at the video, they're really not coming at them. They're just trying to get out of that situation. So how are we going to handle that? The records of the personnel files of the police officers have come out. And one was suspended for 300 and some odd hours for how he handled the situation in his private life. Yeah. So we're talking about a good three-month suspension. A little bit longer. That, that, but I'm just saying, like that's at least, yeah, yeah, more than that actually. And it was it, it was three like three eighty, so we were coming closer to three months than two. So without pay, get that. So he messed up bad on that one. So he and so he had to mess up real bad if he went without pay. But his superior spoke good of him. So that's why they like, uh, is it? and I'm like, come on, y'all. 
we got something presented to you. He has he has had several events that happened that made him look like you crazy. I don't think you need to have a gun. I don't think you need to be out there patrolling the streets. He, he how my Angelou said it. If someone show you who they really are, believe them. But we ain't believe them. We found every way to say, oh, he can go back to work. He can do this. He can do that. Didn't do nah. that. Once, once, once a cop gets suspended with that much time of un, unpaid time, you know they messed up bad. That was like the next best option besides firing them. <laughs> because if we ever was on our job, and we had got suspended because I was out. I was out of work. Remember, I had surgery this year. I was out for five weeks. That was 168 hours. So, five weeks. So, you basically doubling the time I was out. Yep. <laughs> It's a long time. <laughs> but th- th- let's have the uncomfortable situation. When are we, why are we taking our personal life to our professional life? Because some people don't know how to turn off the switch. Some people just, just, just don't know how to, how to leave things at home or leave things at work. And instead they just ming- intermingle them and just, 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 just combine them together and fuse them. Some people don't know how to like separate them. And, that's, and it takes, and it's a skill that takes um, some time to develop. Believe it or not, but you know, some people are just born with it. But you know, one thing where you can develop that at right. a lot of the children, they develop it in their school life. We got children that will be having everything under the sun. Will come to school like nothing happened. And that's the way people actually learn early in life. Home life, stay home life. Work life, work life, stay work life. It's the ones who come tell everything are the same ones when they get older. Don't know how to keep those lines separated. Because what the, what the school does, and, and, and I, I know because educator, you former educator yourself. They ask us to intrude into their personal life. They ask us to dig. Think about it. All the questions they ask us to ask, all the times they all want to send them to the counselor, send them to that person, send them to the dean. That Oh, what's going on? What's this? What's that? We, they actually try to get us in their, their personal life a little more than we need to be. Now, as educators, as both of us know, we need to know enough to know do I need to make an adjustment in how I teach this? Because their mind may be clouded because they ain't sleep the night before. Or that, that kind of stuff I can understand. But some of the other stuff they be trying to get into. Yeah. <laughs> they're blurring lines too much. And then this is the same one that comes to work at work crying can't focus on their job breaking down and telling everybody about their business because they did not learn those lines did not learn professionalism <laughs> i think we see that a lot at work 
<laughs> we see it a lot at work. A bit too much for comfort, really. So, but let, 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 let's just go ahead and talk about your situation. So, at work, they think you don't know how to talk to people. <laughs> Remember my keyword I said, they think. <laughs> so, I'm like, what do you mean? Remember, remember, people forget I have worked with you. I have seen you when it's been super stressful and we have so much to do and all of that. And I see you when it's been actually working like it's supposed to and, and we can do what we come, what we actually hired to do. <laughs> I've seen you in both lights and I've seen you when you had to transition, you had to be moving and you had to do that, but you stayed focused and professional. These people now don't know you from a can of paint and making quick judgments. For real. Let's, let's, let's keep it 100. Hey, uh, let them say whatever they want. And the, let them say whatever they want. At the end of the day, you know, they come to me when there's problems. So it works out. But I'm sorry, what you were saying, I want you to finish your thought, though, before I... <laughs> no, no, no. Go into that, because I just, just, just remind me something, because then I think it'll go with what you're saying. Keep going. No, it's just, um, they just, they don't like the way in which I, I, I articulate myself, but they also fail to take into consideration the context in which I express myself. If there's um, a crisis situation going on, I'm not going to say, hey, um, this guy is hurting other people, we should intervene. Nah. Yo, the sun's going down, man. There's some real stuff. Y'all need to go over there and handle that. There's a level of urgency involved, and they fail to um, take into consideration the context in which um, I'm expecting these concerns. You can't just you can't just um, have every, uh, the same approach for every situation. Sometimes, whether you're conscious of it or not, you express some 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 need for urgency. Yes. So you tend to be a, a bit more. I guess excited and adrenaline and then there's some things going on and a lot of the times there's always a crisis going on and they tend to um, and they tend to not take the context of the situation into consideration they just think everybody should be calm and speak as if the urgency is not an emergency at all it's just hey this is something serious going down over there y'all should go over there and check it out which is not realistic because the thing is if something was to go wrong they will hold the person that's reporting it accountable and then they're going to want their head on the guillotine. <laughs> but but then again, I don't know how to talk to people. I don't know how to speak to people whenever a situation happens. Well, he, here's something. that uh, This is because it's an uncomfortable conversation we, we're talking about, about how people blur lines or bring in. Because for somebody to take in the level of the way you speak, even though... What you're saying is not just the tone. You're not in a direction, and the motive behind it is not a negative or bad thing. It's just sometimes they're at a place of maybe they're frustrated with how things were even done because their superior did something, and now they're paying the price for it. And now they got this all these conflicting feelings. Instead of taking the time to step away and really think about what's the best way to handle. This is not the first person to handle. Maybe I need to do an investigative web when the background you have. Maybe I need to do an investigation to really see what's going on. And all I got to say, you know what? 
I'm, I hear you. I hear your concern and everything. I got to work on this. And I got to pull some people in to ask how, how they feel. And when you said, once you, you don't have to tell what the plan is, how you want to figure out. Once you say that to a lot of people, it's like, okay, they're going to handle it. So my concern is valid that I'm bringing to them versus I'm being brushed off or I'm not valued where I'm at. The uncomfortable part about it is let's look a little bit deeper. Mr. Degree in Psychology, let's look a little bit deeper. <laughs> so, so let's look a little deeper. Now, what's the personal things that's going on in their life or that's happening professionally that they don't understand how to handle, but they're lashing out at you? Because when people lash out, it's an underlying issue that they're dealing with they don't know how to deal with. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, whatever they're dealing with is all fine and dandy, but the thing is, that's not. I'm not the reason behind it. Nor is I fault that whatever is happening is happening. I, I don't even know about it. But the fact is, to use um, the people that's around or the people that are their subordinates as a emotional punching bag that's not the way to go about it that's how you get tension at work that's how you create a hostile work environment that's how people just um morale goes down down the drain they're gonna do the and leave and this is gonna be done higher level of um expectations or done in a, in a, in a, in a high quality because all they're gonna do is what they need to do and that's it i agree I don't know if that's the answer he was looking for, but that's what you got. <laughs> no, it's, it's a real fact. If we wouldn't want to talk about uncomfortable things, we talk about uncomfortable things right now at work. And thing, and this week, because I was already thinking about for about topics for the podcast, and then this happened this week. So it just brings it all like full circle. When it's instead of just having the conversation and saying, hey, Jay. The way you talk, I'm not used to that. It seems like you're coming off aggressive. And, you know, everybody might not understand that. So the company, we, you know, we're working for it. They do have, you know, training on effective communication skills. So you can communicate in a different way. So it's more accepted at a broader base. Instead of saying, you don't know how to talk to nobody. Oh, he can't. This body won't. They don't do this. This body won't. This body having this problem. And then on the flip side, hey, Jay, I need you. I have a problem I can't fix. That's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm <coughs> the person that they hate to like. That's really what it is. They hate to love me. But then again, it's, a, it's at a point in which the way things are right now, they are the. They are. Just as dependent on, on me as I am on them. Because, hey, I'm just saying, the, the, the moment I'm gone, they'll know this is a huge story that needs to be filled and things don't get done. <laughs> but that is, the, that's, that's, that's the strange conversation we have now. When I was out for the surgery, people didn't like the way because I would bring issues up. I would bring stuff to the forefront. I would talk about things. I would bring it straight up. And then they kind of didn't like me because I would bring issues to the forefront. But the second I'm out and they be now they're like, you're calling, you're texting me, but I'm on medical leave. 
y'all didn't like the way I was doing something. But you trying to contact me, send me messages, how to work through this situation, how to work through that, all of this. But you don't like me. Here it is. In business one-on-one. I ain't got the work like every employee I Because everybody know I, you, you know I had a, um event planning business. About to open that back up once this COVID stuff really work out. I don't have to like my employees. I need employees that know the job. Know how to independently work without me having to give you instruction every step. Because I don't like micromanaging. And I like that, it, it, that you're dependable. Liking someone... That has nothing to do with respecting them and giving them them props for them doing their job. You don't have to like people to get a job done. Flip side, flip side, as as Christians, we got to love people, but we ain't got to like what you do. Think about it. So that means... I ain't got to like things you do in your personal life. I don't have to like this. I don't have to like that. But at the end of the day, as me, as somebody going to quote around, carry one of these around all the time, and that's time about this, I got to love you. But I ain't got to like what you do. I ain't got to like the crackhead. I ain't got to like the, the abusive person. I ain't got to like, I don't have to like the, what the racists do. But as the person, we have to love. And see, I think that's where it gets uncomfortable. These same people that talk about you and say stuff, claim, key word I said, claim, to be a Christian, to be Christ-like. So, if we're going to have an uncomfortable conversation, Christ had that a lot. Because he would tell you, stop doing this, go and sin no more. He would address the issue that he's seen, then talk about you. Even it may be uncomfortable, he would talk about it. But that's the thing. It's all fine and dandy when you're talking about a bunch of nothing, but whenever there's a real problem going on, and whenever, you know, the person that's always cracking jokes, is always, you know, take ridiculing things, all of a sudden saying you need to step up your game that's when the, the the comedian that's when the comedian start making fun of you and you feel insecure about it because in the end of the day you're not doing your part and then that's when people's egos start start taking over and then they get all defensive and then they start getting hostile and it's like hey i'm just saying things need to get done and you don't if you don't want to do it i'm gonna do my part the best that I can and try to cover on your end because your part's vital and you're not here. You're not doing what you need to do. But I say things like that and all of a sudden I'm oh no, he's too too outspoken. He he opens his mouth too much. He doesn't know how to speak to us. (laughs) But here's something. Let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about backgrounds because then if we're going to talk about and get have to have uncomfortable uncomfortable conversations in order to put people in a positive light and move them forward that they grow and mature as a person if we can't do that how do we expect people to grow because here's one thing is if I take the time 
to understand who you are. Let's talk about you for a minute, Jay. Where are you from? The Bronx. The Bronx okay. New York. Okay. I understand that. So, being from the Bronx, being from up north, being from an area that you had to know how to survive, you could not go out there and be all just, it's okay. Nah, just sit. No, no, no. We're not going to raise that voice. Just to. You, I'd like to see somebody from the Bronx, especially during the '80s and '90s, being brought up in the Bronx, talk like that, and see what they got, what what happened to them. But that's the thing in general. Um, I think the reason why people from the Northeast has this reputation of being um, what's the word I want to use? Being a holes is because we're very straightforward. We're very straightforward, straight to the point. Let's go. Why are you talking to me about this? Let's get this done. We're very, we're very straight to the point. And to the rest of the region in this country, to the, everywhere else, we could come off as a-holes. And I understand. It's very straight to the point. Hurry up. Yo, you don't know what you want? Step aside. Let me get this. Like, even in the lines. New York is the only place I know where there's two lines. A line for the person that knows what they want. And if you don't know what you want, step yourself out to the side. And then when you're ready, you jump in the line. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like that over there. It's very, wrap it up. Let's go, my man. Let's go. You take it too long, dog. You sleep. Let's go. I think I understand that because having family up there and traveling up there for ministry, I get it. So if I had somebody from up north talk, Northeast, even in the whole New England area, I call it sometimes. It doesn't offend me. I don't think people don't know how to talk. I just understand where they're from and can respect where where they're from in order to talk to them. And I can come to them and say, hey, you know, that came across a different way. You might want to think of a different, broader way to talk to people because a lot of people can't handle how you talking like that. I get it. But everybody else don't get it. But you got to be uncomfortable to have that. It has to have. It has to have it. It has to have that uncomfortable conversation in order for people to understand that we can't just take it as because you know the South is supposed to be so gentle, so nice. We 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 got to understand and respect where people come from because even in what I do outside of work ministry, I got to know how to go up there. I got to know how to talk. I got to know how to say what I need to say. I can't be dancing around a topic. I got to hit it straight on and tell them what they need to do and what's going on. But, you know, some people don't understand that. Exactly. And it's just, it's, it's just a level of, like, it's just a level of actually taking the time to get to that point. Because I feel like I, I, don't, I don't come off as hostile or an aggressive person. You don't. That's, that's the that's the main reason why, believe it or not, besides the fact that my eyesight suck, the real reason why I wear glasses is so I can appear more approachable. Because for many years, because I have a lot of cuts and marks on my face, for many years people thought that I was a, a, a very aggressive and mean person. So that's why I started to put on my glasses more. Yep. And, I mean... 
Mm, nah, still don't. Nah. But, if you're not, if you're not, but that's because you know me. No. That's maybe because I mean, there's a big difference between this and this. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, okay. okay. There's a huge difference. All right, all right, all right. I get you that. I get you that. But I, I get it. But but it's something from traveling the world. I've seen so many different people, and I can't go by just what this looks like. If they're an aggressive, mean person, I done seen people with the quote unquote baby face be the most vicious and violent people. So I don't go by this. It goes back to that old saying: you can't judge a book by its cover. Well, that sounds so cliche at so many levels, but but it's real. It's real. It comes from here. It comes from here. It comes from really comes from there because here's the thing: is everybody looked at King David in the Bible and First Samuel were like. He don't look like a king. He don't look like this. What he gonna do? He can't fight. Hold on. But, but out of the blue, he's the one taking down the giants. Stop judging the book by its cover. If, if you don't understand somebody, have the uncomfortable conversation to figure out who they are. And, and if you figure out somebody who they are, you know you can work better with them. We we both got a uh, we got a, a common friend from work, good guy, real good guy. People misjudge him all the time. Mm. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's just they just judge him wrong. I mean, you miss the value of the of who he is and what he can bring to the table. You looked at him in one aspect and forgot about all what he bring to the table. And I just don't, I don't know why they do that. But once again, it goes down to that whole um, level of professionalism. Because the thing is, a lot of people will be quick to promote or, or, or look out for those employees that are very incompetent. If not horrible in their day-to-day routines and handling the job, but because they could hold a good conversation, they buddy-buddy with the people in charge, they'll be more inclined to favor them when everybody knows this person's an imbecile. The, the bumbling idiot, really, as I like to call him. Okay, okay, let me, let, let, let's, let's, let, let's, let's bring that in and really dissect that one. So, we're basically saying we're not here to judge about what you look like but we're here to judge about what you do. But in our human nature, we judge by what we see first from what we know about a person. Here's the thing. I always say, let someone prove themselves to you. Are they worth who they say they are? Because... I want to put them on blast, but I have to use them as a just as an analogy. The people that are in the higher up where we where we work at don't present professionalism in there, and then what matches up with that is when they do the job is not pre- presented as professionalism. Man, so 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 they. They proved themselves not to be what? Professional. 
I was going to say the level of professionalism they have, they're better off running a nail salon somewhere. Hold on. Mm-mm. I know some people who do a nail salon. They're, they're way more professional than that. So. Maybe the get-up boutique. <laughs> the get-up boutique with a, with, with, with a track queen. With a track queen can get her get-up to go out with her with her homegirls and be wearing something for her trap king when he come home. Maybe, maybe they can have that. I'm just saying. Terrible. I'm just saying. I got to call a fact a fact. Call it thing. Call it what it is. That that that. Here's here's the thing is. Call it what it is because if you can't call it what it is and address the issue, you don't have the ability to have something uncomfortable around it. I will not be in a place in my life, being forty years old, being somewhere I'm too afraid to have an uncomfortable conversation. Man, that's how I feel now. <laughs> yeah, I'm ten years older than you. <laughs> See what happens you hang around older people. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel now. It's like, yo, can we address this, man? Like, like, so, so, you, so you cool with this? You cool with that? That's what you want? <laughs> well, here, here's something. The Bible teaches: if you have aught with your brother, go to them and reason it out. If you two cannot reason it out, you bring someone else in to bring a a, a resolution to the conflict. So the same thing you're saying is a biblical principle from the Bible. If we could take the time out and address the issue and deal with it, then there will be some some resolution. There will be some clear perspective. There will be better understanding because sometimes in life you get to a place where well, we ain't going to never disagree. We're going to disagree to not agree. And we're going to just understand where everybody stands on this. And just respect the person and what they're doing and what they stand for. It's a lot of stuff that I am not going to agree with that you may agree with. But it's rare for that. Me and you could be in talk long. <laughs> but it may be something out there. You know, for real. But that's the thing. It's not everybody, not everybody has the same mind. Of course, there's going to be things we disagree with. Of course, we're going to, there's going to be things in which we do agree with. It just all comes down to a level of acceptance Facts. or tolerance towards the next person's um, different viewpoints, ideologies, or opinion on whatever subject they may be. So, okay, so let, let, let's bring this uncomfortable conversation to the church. This may be my arena more than yours, but whatever. Yes, but but no, it's it's kind of whatever. It's kind of whatever because you know what? Whatever issues we actually have in the church happens in the world. It's it, it, issues happen everywhere. <laughs> hey, a group of whatever it is, people. That's not yeah. going to change anything. That's why I say it's issues. <laughs> so, um, the uncomfortable conversation in the church. So, so I, you may get it because you have students. You put somebody in a position to give them responsibility. They fail to do it, and they fail to hold up the moral code as being a Christian. So basically, they out there, and they done got two girls pregnant, or they done got pregnant themselves, they're female, but still want to be in their position to demonstrate moral values. Now, do we... Do we going to brush that under the rug, or are we going to address the issue head on? Well, 
I mean, uh, it's hard. It's hard not to talk about work, but that's the type of situation. That that's how I. Because the thing is, you already know that we take um, human trafficking survivors. Right. You know, take human trafficking survivors, and we try to um, pretty much educate these girls, or at least try to tell them that their their sense of value should come within. You know, they should love themselves. Correct. Rather than trying to look for approval elsewhere. But I have a big problem whenever you have, you know, people that are in charge that are, you know, that's up there and they're, and they're positioning at our job that are women, but they tend to dress a certain way and get, and, you know, do certain things to themselves to pretty much make themselves look better. But then again, they preaching to these girls saying they should love themselves, but then again, they they got everything done from their um to their toes to everything, and it's it's a bit. It, it, and, and then again, once again, it goes back to what you're saying. How are you gonna teach these mobile codes if if you yourself are not, I guess, following what you're preaching? If that makes sense. That you don't practice what you. Well, I, they say practice. What I say live what you preach. If you're going to say this, you must live the, as an example. So if I tell you, don't smoke weed, Jay, but then I go smoke weed. That's a conflict. No, I'm just saying that's a conflict. If I tell you, you don't do do this, but then I'm doing this and you see me doing this. So where is the where am how am I following example? How I'm following what you're saying, but you still but I'm doing what I'm telling you not to do. Now, I'm going to go back to this. I understand what you're saying. But it could go... In a way, it can make sense if the person that's saying these things Mm -hmm. have good intentions in the sense of which they know what they're doing is wrong and they themselves are battling with that demon. I get that point. But the point that we see and we'll be talking about is you don't show... And the example is, don't make the mistakes I'm making. Your example is, do as I say, not as I do. Yes, and that was what I was going to say. That was the flip coin of what I was trying to get at. <laughs> but, you, but you can't... You, okay, we, we, we have worked with teenagers and young adults long enough to know, if you're going to tell them to do something and not do this, you got to be the example. Because what they're going to do, they're going to look at you and see what you're saying and say, Google what you're saying <laughs> and then see how you going to tell me something, but you do this. Or or we had a situation out there. I wish you were there. That same person that they nearly the whole wardrobe with spandex. <laughs> Went to instruct one of the human trafficking clients because I knew it was that one because the paperwork said it. You shouldn't dress that way. The human trafficking client said, but you dress like that way all the time. That's the truth, though. They out there looking like bottle service girls. And and she and she couldn't say that she was like, oh well, teenagers. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. That that was a matter more. <laughs> that was at a moment too. Like self-examine, check me, look at what I got on. Hmm, 
I may need to rethink my my outfits and what I wear if I'm carrying myself a certain way. That's like that's like if a woman preacher has on something showing all her breasts, showing all her thighs, and but telling you to abstain, baby. But I ain't what you advertise it. <laughs> <laughs> but just have the uncomfortable conversation. We should be, be as a people. We should never be in a place where we cannot be corrected. Correcting someone to help them become better is always uncomfortable. Growth is not an easy thing. Let's think about if, if we. I go to the simplistic thing of once a baby has hit forty weeks. It's uncomfortable in the womb, so it must come out. And coming out the womb is painful for both parties. So growth gonna cause you some pain. You got to have an uncomfortable conversation, just like in the world we live in now. I don't know how they did it in in, in Bronx at the time that you were you were you were um, born, but I know when I, we went up there and had family. The neighborhood, watch the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, nah, nah, nah. That's not a thing anymore. <laughs> oh, so you, so you understand what I mean when the neighborhood watch the neighborhood. So if, if, like, if they knew your mother and knew you acting up, they would get on you and call your mama to tell you what you did wrong. So you had it from both ends, or somebody else in they, you know, it, the community watch community. Yeah, that, that, that vibe's definitely changed around the time I was, I was pretty much coming up. So it was kind of... You know, the, the, the violence and all the other things. So everybody pretty much is trying to, like, stick to their own. And I really talked to others, unless if they from the same church or, you know, same work somewhere. It's fine like that, but for the most part, it wasn't really like that when I was coming up. Maybe more so, it's definitely like that more so if you go over to, you know, to the island. It's like that, where you're not never heard of that village. Everybody's pretty much, you know... Saying, hey, your child's doing this. You need to, you need to, you know, let him know what he did was wrong, or, or if they're really close with the family, that person will have the permission to pretty much scold them, or you know, discipline them. That, but that was more so over there than, than over here. It's a different. It was a different ball game, especially during my time growing, come, coming up. Well, it was. It was. My generation, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the responsibility and say it. It was my generation that got away from that. They got away from nobody can't touch my child, nobody can't correct my child. And it got that way within family units because they had an attitude with that family. And what it does is that one seed happens in a generation. And remember I gave you the illustration about that tree? And each year that tree produces that 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 harvest and that's continue going. So now we had a generation. Well, somebody down the street, I ain't saying nothing. To. You know, I ain't got time to be fighting with that that lady because you know she she don't want to talk and he doing wrong. Mm. Unless it's something that directly involves them, like I don't know, the kid broke something. And that's a different that'd be, the, the mindset would be different then. 
because that's money involved. They'll be like, oh, ain't nobody, I ain't paying for this for the son to batch out there. The mama gonna pay for this. <laughs> but it, it wasn't like that. And, that and, and, and when my generation got away with that, and that's when we started to see. Because my generation was when they stopped the paddling or whipping or corporate punishment in school. Mm. Yeah, I could never imagine that being done. <laughs> well, up north, y'all had started before. Well, no, because it stopped. You probably one or two. Uh, uh, even then, uh, like, no. those kids were so bad. It was like, ah, you could try it all you want to. Because at that point. <laughs> but, but, but it was grade school. Grade school. Elementary school. Mostly. Oh, okay, then. All right, so it went like. Like my parents, it was high school. But my generation, it was elementary. By the time you got to middle school, that was kind of like. So. Yeah, good luck with them trying to do that in junior high, middle school, even high school. I would love to see that. But, but I was saying, my parents' generation, that could have worked. <laughs> we talking about the seventies. Think about it. That could have worked yeah, then. Yeah, good luck with that. No, I said that could have worked then. It could have worked then, but I'm thinking about it now. No. It working now? <laughs> I can't see it. I can't see. It. So, so, so. I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish you would. <laughs> I'd like to see you cover time of picking up a ruler of hatter to somebody 16 year old. they looking at half the 16 year old eye size. Oh, you think I'm going to let you hit me with that? <laughs> Let's see how that work out. Remember how that happened on the episode of Boondocks? <laughs> they took the paddle and started paddling them. Huh? That's exactly how it will play out. <laughs> so yeah, but like like I'm saying in the community, we we don't have those uncomfortable conversations. We don't we don't. Hey, you know, stop doing that. You can't say that now. These this generation now, I I I, I hate to to admit this, but these generation now, if I tell stop doing that, you don't know. Am I gonna have to pull my nine because they pulled their ass? Cause I, I I would hate to have to go straight gangster on these little these little jets out here. For I would hate to, wrong. huh? For that wrong about. Get stop doing that in my yard. You don't tell me what to do. You ain't my dad. I ain't trying to be your dad. I don't want to be your dad. I know what your mama look like. I'm sorry. <laughs> my fault. My fault. <laughs> Got called at the moment. Y'all have to kill. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but no, but that's the thing. I wish I kinda wish um I kinda wish that the, the school systems in America would be like Japan. Before they teach them anything, the fundamental thing they teach them is manners. That's some places in Africa. That's some places still in the Caribbean. Even some places in the Caribbean is kind of getting Americanized. But it's still some of those places that... It, when I went to Israel, I'm telling you, it's not, won't, this won't be a real uncomfortable conversation in the Middle East because Israel is in the Middle East. 
When I went there, the lady had, I swear that dog gonna stick with about that, about that long. And no children started getting rowdy. She just raised it up and everybody got in line, got quiet and sat down. I said, ooh. Now, now, my thing is this. Um, I'm not trying to say for them to be 100% obedience, but at the very least, have enough manners so like that you know how to properly conduct yourself on certain settings. That's why I'm at. Because but, at the end of the day, if you don't know how to follow, um, if you don't know how to follow the person that's guiding you to be a better person, how you yourself are going to be a good leader or how you yourself are going to be a respectable adult if you yourself don't know how to respect others that's that's kind of what I'm trying to get at and it's just it's just the, it's just the, the truth that's what I said about Israel because over there there was a actually eclectic group of cultures it wasn't just Jewish so that's what that's what I was really getting at because when she raised it up, they knew to give respect to her. When she said sit, go sit. Don't be disrespectful. If you're not sitting as quickly as she's saying, but she still see you sitting, she's fine with it. That's still showing her respect. But it's not like uh, like now. If you tell them that two brothers go sit down, how many times do you have to tell them to sit down? It's getting up to a point in which we have to physically grab him by his shirt and say, yo, I'm sit down, you. Sit down. Sit, sit down somewhere. <laughs> and, and when will we have this real uncomfortable Because everybody has the uncomfortable situations, talks about race. But we haven't talked about stuff with generational gaps and understanding how to be professional. We talked about all those things. At the end of the day, if I want to talk about race, that's going to be a whole nother show. Volumes. But, but, <laughs> Seasons. But I'm just saying, we're talking about an uncomfortable situation or conversation that you have to just address the issue. And it's like it's so hard to talk about uncomfortable things. Or That's like if you sit down with the family, bring it back to the family. We have to talk about sometimes the real uncomfortable things of your uncle is a pedophile. We can't leave you over to his house. Mm, we can't yeah. do that. Nobody wants to talk that. They're, oh, mm-mm. Or your 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 cousin is um, mentally challenged in multiple areas, and that's why they hide him in the back room. Oh, damn. Uh, oh, let, that, that turned dark real quick. <laughs> that's why I said in the family, we don't have those uncomfortable situations. Because what it could be something uncomfortable is something that you need to know about when you get ready to have children. This is something that's going on in the family. They found out this, this is a genetic trace and it can be passed on to generation. You need to know. And they're sitting me and that person that had the baby like, why my baby like this? Where did this come from? That You got more questions than you ever get answers. You have to have uncomfortable conversations. And pretty much every aspect of life. <laughs> we just see it more at work right now. But it's, it, it covers every aspect. 
There's no way that you can get away from in life without having an uncomfortable conversation. Even when it comes down to... Don't get mad at me. <laughs> when you sit down and you find your mate and you have to have a conversation. Do we want children or not? Uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not something y'all can't discuss and work through, but it's uncomfortable. You may have, not saying you, Jason, I'm just, as you people. I know, generally speaking, I got you. May have medical problems, but you, you can't have children. And that could be both ends, male or female. But they can't have children. It's an uncomfortable conversation you got to have. Here's another one in relationships. Uncomfortable conversation. What's your credit score? conversation that's uncomfortable for them that's out of 500 um 500 <laughs> at least at 500 they can get something we talking these jokers at like 300 like i don't even know i, I, I didn't even know you were going lower than five it, it, yeah yeah I, I ran across somebody who had the 340 God, no. how many repos you had how many evictions you had how many times you just don't pay your bills Hey, that's the person that that's the person when they say bad credit, no credit, or not, not, they, they, even they get turned down by them. Or they hit them with a crazy, they hit them with a crazy um, interest um, rate with a hundred percent interest rate. Now one hundred twelve, <laughs> hundred two hundred. You might go to a payday loan place. <laughs> I'm just being real. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it 100. There's so many places and so many avenues in life that we have to have an uncomfortable conversation. Like, <laughs> Hold on. I want to I say this uncomfortable conversation. Okay, go ahead. Like when you know there's a family member that's struggling with drugs, but nobody actually want to call them out on it. You're taking the words out of my mouth. To where? Try to help them yeah, seek the help that he properly needs. Because they themselves don't understand how an addiction works. Yeah. Addiction is something serious. It is something serious. And when people don't address it, have that conversation, but then still that probably don't want to have the conversation, but then mad because your stuff gets stolen by your family members. <laughs> if you have the conversation and it's uncomfortable, how do you expect the person to, as we would say, recover, or we would say in the church, overcome this? How do you expect them? The only way that people can get delivered church-wise is you have to address the issue what it is. You can't just say they got a problem. Address what it is. In order to get free from something, I must admit what it is I'm struggling with and what it is I'm dealing with. In order to get free. In order to be to a place of sobriety, I ha- in, in any a non AA NA whatever you want to call it, whatever group you in, your first step is to admit who you are and you are what an addict. Whether it's drugs or alcohol, you are addict. We have to address That's the very that. First step. Acceptance. If you can't accept it, if you can't acknowledge there's a problem or accept that there's a problem, you yourself will will never find the answer. 
So until we, that that's it. And I mean, I agree one hundred percent what you're saying. And I'm just, I just, <laughs> we just have to get to past this place where we can have the uncomfortable conversation. We have to get past this place where that ain't my business. Because a lot of things that I stand on and principles I stand on, if I see something, I don't say nothing about it. It's considered from a biblical point of view, it's blood on my hands. So that person has something, if something happens to you, that's on my hands because I did not say nothing. Yeah. Now, once I say something, you don't receive it. It's on you. You can have the conversation. You can have the conversation. If they don't want to receive and address the, the topic you're talking about in the conversation, you had it. So nothing's on you. Exactly. What's the real saying? You could take the horse to the river, well, but you no, can't no, force no. it to drink. Now in this case, this is, we're talking about a stubborn person, a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I could I could take it to the you know, to that river, and, and this son I learned in Israel, you take out a little and dig out a little, so the river water comes to a pool that's calm. You can't take it there, and they just still don't drink. You can't force them. They're gonna be that same animal, dehydrating, and falling dead on the journey because they refuse to drink. So. Well, it's almost time to wrap this up, my friend. Good conversation, though. Yeah. Hopefully, I would love to to get to this where we can actually have more of a panel than just you and I. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to get there. It's going to get there. Yeah, in due time. In due time. All right. Well, Well, that's our episode for this week. We're not made for everyone podcast, but we got Prophet, that's me, and we got Jaden, and he's on that. And we thank y'all for tuning in. Hey, if you want this, share this, like it, spread the word. If you got something to want, you want us to talk about and may want to join in, shoot us a message on our DMs. Shoot us a message that you listen on Anchor. Shoot, shoot us a message in Anchor. We'll take the time to hear it, and we'll bring it up to discussion. We thank y'all. And see you next week. All right, Jay. Take it easy.